Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the From the Finney podcast with me, Jake, me, Ollie, and me, Dan. In this episode, we're going to look back at Saturday's pumping of Barnsley and talk DJ, Nugent, Barky and much more. Good boys, good weekend. Yeah, as good as could be, really. Yeah, very good weekend for various reasons. <laughs> Say no more. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the the highlight of all of our weekends was the the five one pumping, as I mentioned, of Barnsley on Saturday. Definitely. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, you know, you can't just nod on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely the highlight of my weekend. <laughs> No, it was. On we that, can see you, but no one else can. Yeah, very good win. First, well, we said at half time. Well, I said to you, Jake, just after they scored, I still think we'd win quite comfortably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was never in doubt, was it? But really, yeah. oh, yeah. we absolutely dominated the first half completely. Yeah, yeah it's very rare, rare to win a game at this level by four goals. Mm. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone would have predicted that, to be honest. No, nah, I said to my mate who works with Barnsley, I think we'll win 2 or 3 nil, but... um, Yeah, that first half was weird, because I think it's probably up there with one of the best I've seen us play. And obviously we went into half-time at one all, which yeah. was... It just felt very undeserved. Well, we, me- we mentioned last week uh, the game... Uh, the Bristol City game feeling a little bit like last year, where we'd create chances, not really take them, and then let the let the opponent back in, and it felt a little bit like that. Mm. But I think the amount of chances we were creating that Barnsley were letting us create, it was just. I mean, looking back, he got a bit nervous at half time. I think, but um, there was no real reason to get. No, nah, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I think looking yeah. back, there was almost certainly no reason to panic. Um, yeah, it, against Bristol City when they when it was what did it go to two two? Yeah, two yeah, two. Then they went three two, didn't they? Yeah, I still thought that could have gone either way, but at one one yesterday, I had absolutely no doubt that we'd still go on to win the game. Because uh, we had eighteen shots in the box yesterday, which is a league record high for the season. Twenty shots in total with ten on target. Yeah, eighteen from in the box, which you just don't you just don't get very often, do you? So. No, literally, every time, literally every time we went forward, we got around their box, really. And I reckon every other time we went forward and got into their box, we looked like we could have scored. Yeah. yeah. So Alex Neal said we could have had ten goals. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have been. I don't think it would have flattered us if we had. I think if it had finished up like Spurs biting, 
I don't think Barnsley could have had any complaints. Well, Maguire could have could have easily scored them two in the first half. Yeah, he should have done. <laughs> and then Nugent obviously had the Nugent, Nugent had one blinder and one that mm, touched one back. half chance. We'll come on to that yeah. in a bit anyway. But the, the half chance in the first half, yeah. yeah. But the set the one in the second half, I was yeah. yeah. Like I said, we'll come on to it in a bit. For, for me, at, at times in the first half, it felt a little bit like a pre-season game, like against a proper lower league opposition. I was I was saying. Oh, the fans might like to hear that. Oh, I don't give a shit about the fans. <laughs> It felt like the first time I can remember in in a while that there was a genuine golfing class. Like yeah. you could have said they were a League One team and we were like a top half Championship team, and no one would have disagreed with you yesterday. No. Um, and I think again, for the well, first, I mean, I'm noticing more and more now, like how experienced we look as a team. Like we just look like a very experienced Championship team, and you could tell. Very few of their players have played at this level before. Mm. We just like bullied them in every department. Mm. The thing and is, no, no disrespect to Barnsley, but you you said like it looked like a League One team playing against a Championship team, and to be honest, I think that's almost what it was really. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I was I think before yesterday they lost four, drawn one away. Mm. Uh, I don't think they scored away before yesterday. No, they they hadn't they hadn't scored a single away goal before yesterday. They're, they're just very naive as a team. Yeah. Right? We'll come on to the tactics in a bit, but the, which is fair enough in a way. Like that got promoted last season, but you just can't do it against. Even so, though, at, part, at times last season it looked like they might even blow that. I know toward the end it, it got more and more comfortable as Sunderland just did a stoke and carried on picking up one all draws. Mm. Um, yeah. But even that, I think, obviously, I, I didn't watch Barnsley last season, um, but I think you could maybe say that. The lack of experience that they had, even then. Well, yeah. there's a definite argument that the the weaker now anyway because he lost key for more. Yeah, he lost. He, um, he got parts in the January. Yeah, they lost parts. They lost both centre backs and they lost a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. So the whole yeah, keeper went to Stoke, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a second choice at Stoke now. I'm surprised. But well, they've lost four of five. You are. They've lost four or five of the best players from last season. Yeah. And they've not really added a single player, I don't think, who's <clears> made <throat> impact at this level. I thought Chaplin was their best player, who's always been a decent little player. Mm. But apart from that, they really they just struggled all over the pitch. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, I think the, the key thing for me that stood out about their naivety yesterday was the... The two goals we scored in the second half, just both times, it was just they were trying to do the same thing and we caught them pretty much the same way both times, scored a goal. And I mean, fair enough, if you've got a philosophy and you're going to stick to it, fine. But sometimes in a game when you're getting outplayed like like they were yesterday, you need to make changes. You need to sometimes take it upon yourself, I think, to make changes in game. And that showed in their sort of naivety, I think. Mm. Um, not that I'm complaining, of course. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's weird because they've been, I think they're quite solid at home, but away from home, they're just. There was a team last season like that as well. I can't remember, it might have been Brentford. I think they only won like twice away all season. But their home record was. Home record was very good and they play like a sim- similar way. <coughs> but the way they set up is absolutely perfect for the way we play. 
mm. like in terms of um, being able to just overrun them basically. Yeah, and we get them games probably five or six times a season, where it's just a perfect matchup. And yes, Norwich last year. Yeah, Norwich game, um, Brentford last season when it was what was it three nil, and then they got it back, and then four three. Four three, didn't it? And then yesterday's game. So we get them odd games where, and then every time we play Bolton as well, but every and Blackburn actually, but every time we play them type of teams. Like you, you just know what we're gonna do now before because we've done it so often. Yeah. But the main difference yesterday was obviously just DJ instead of Brown, um, which is a massive difference, even though it's only one player. Yeah. Well, we'll come on to DJ in a bit, but he was the first ten out of ten in the player ratings pieces for us, and I think fully deserving. Yeah. Fully deserving. Couldn't really find a fault. I think he's been my man of the match in pretty much all the home games. Yeah, I think there was more, was the one home game that I think he's got the stadium man of the match in like three out of the six so far, hasn't he? Yeah. To be honest, I think the only game I really remember him having a poor one in is Middlesbrough. Mm. Yeah, that it was a strange game that. So, do you want to do your tactical analysis? Yeah, well. To be honest, there weren't many tactics involved from their point of view. <laughs> Not really. We both set up 4 2 3 1 anyway, didn't we? Um, matches up all over the pitch, but when you've got the same system, but we've got much better players, we just control the game. Yeah. Depressed high. Every time we took more than two touches. I don't know if this was a plan from Neil or not, but every, if we took one touch, they wouldn't press, but if we took two or three touches to come and press, we'd send it back and then we go forward. Alex Neal was talking about the up-back through method, which is the prime example was DJ's goal. So you play it forward, you play a little pass forward, they press. You play it back to the passer, who was Galley, and then you play it through to the man who's running through. Because they were playing a high line, and it was probably the worst line I've seen all season. Yeah, they were pretty bad. There were several times where I saw um, like two of their defenders in front of another two, like it was a back four but it was in a square it was a bizarre yeah so that's what basically did it's called the up back through method and literally just running past a static line uh galley played it through dj finished it well but um i think we played over 100 long balls yesterday really which is like more than one a minute yeah fuck me so but there's more than one type of long ball in the book yeah of course there is very even though we controlled the ball we only had 52%, I think it was, possession. Yeah. Um, Which I, I was quite surprised when I saw that last night. Cause it, because it, it felt like we controlled the game so much. Yeah, you when we thought. Had, we were just trying to... We <clears throat> didn't even try and attack down the channels, really. Because, as Dan said, their line was absolutely disgusting. Just so. all over the place, wasn't it? And he, as soon as we got the ball, we were basically... They had their midfield four on the front two, and they pressed as a six, basically. And then as soon as we beat that press, we were up against the defence. Mm. Oh, yeah, so we either went direct and got in behind or we won pretty much every second ball and just absolutely battered them. Um, so, yeah, that, that was all it was tactically. Yeah, we no, it was, it was an enjoyable watch. Definitely mm. was. And then we probably had at least 50, I'd say, final third entries. I've not seen those stats, but... The amount of times he got into their final third was scary. 
Yeah. It worked absolutely perfectly. And that's that's why games like that are perfect for Barkey. DJ can run box to box. Uh, and Mag- even though Maguire could have scored twice, he still played well like in in general play. So yeah, I think he's overall his game was was a good one. Yeah. Uh, I just think it is. I've never seen a team who plays the same system as us, but look so bad. Look like we're looks like our system's dominating theirs, even though it was the same system. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how Barnsley play normally but did you say they set up just to counter us is that it do they normally set up 4-2-3-1 yeah every week they set up 4 2 3 one. Oh, right okay so i, I was gonna say because it generally look, looks like they've not played that system before no yesterday yeah, showing yeah yeah because they just press so aggressively mm. but they don't because because the back line as well none of them have played in this league before um the most experienced players probably alex moat Mm. He's got a good yeah, track on him. He's not really a very commanding player. So, yeah, I think they'll struggle. Well, they will struggle, won't they? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I thought they'd do all right earlier on. Um, well, in the summer, I thought they'd do all right. But, yeah, looking at, um, looking said, at their early form. Yeah, someone said in summer that they, think, uh, they thought Barnsley would finish above us, which looks quite funny now because they signed a few players in summer. But, yeah, so going forward, I thought we were, yesterday in particular, like very fluid. With Obviously, Barkey started on the right, Maguire on the left. Mm. But there was various times where you'd see like overloads on either side with DJ as well. Yeah. Um, and then Nugent, who I thought played quite well, linking it all together. But the movement, it was pretty much a front four of ours against their back four, and the movement just killed him. Um, and obviously, Nugent should have scored. But then um, when when um, the tree came on, <laughs> it gave them a little bit of respite. No, I think uh, Nugent did really well. I mean, they'll, there's obviously the people that think he should have scored, particularly that chance early second half. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, well, I mean, he should have done, but um, I think he would have done if he was sharp. But that's not really my point. My point was... Um, that, like Ollie was talking about the the back through method or whatever the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> through, oh, yeah, that one. That. And, and, and like Nugent, <laughs> Nugent, Nugent came in, sucked uh, sucked the two defenders out. With Where him. you were going with that for a minute, Dan? Really, sort of brought them out um, of their position because they pressed him right up to the halfway line. He gave it back to Galley, and Galley played DJ over. Yeah. Um, and he obviously Nugent played an important role in. The, the first goal as well as that third one. But I think um, when Stockley came on, like you both said, I mean, we can call him the tree. I'll, I'll, I'll call him the tree from now on. He's done it. But, oh, uh, he's done it. He's converted. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think, I mean, I don't dislike Stockley. I've never, I've never said I do, but this, the persistent problem with him is that he's not one thing or another, especially at this level. Because he's not he's not mobile, so he's not really effective in plan A. If we're going to call it that, like the way yeah. like the way we were playing yesterday with a fluid uh, front three or front thought uh, front four. <laughs> front four, Dan. Front four, yeah. Uh, but he's not a natural target man, uh, mm. and he loses 
possibly even more aerial challenges than he wins and gives yeah. the ball like, quite a lot. He's been on the pitch maybe five minutes or so yesterday and there was a ball played through to him and he took it out towards the Invincibles. Two bands are closed in on passed it between to no one. Oh, God. <laughs> Whenever I'm talking about striker, it always comes back to the same thing. So it's either physicality in terms of speed and mobility or actual strength. And Stock is just... He's he's not he's not even that big. He's just like he, people think he should be a target man because he's slow, but he's not even powerful. So yeah, that's sort of the same thing. I was saying he's he's not an effective plan B striker either, because no. like Ollie says, he's just not powerful enough. So I wouldn't even say he's plan C to be honest. <laughs> well, I think he's probably. The thing is, like, we can, we, can, we, can, we can slag him off a lot, but he's an effective finisher. So, I mean, he's, wor- he's, he's worth slinging on if we're really struggling. But while we aren't struggling like we aren't at the moment, I just can't see him being effective for us. No. Um, it's like Louis, Malt- Louis Malt's quite a good finisher, but he's, he doesn't offer really much outside the box. And the, when we're playing the way we're playing now, there's so much movement. Mm. He just gets a bit lost. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought myself, I thought there'd be games where he would be more suited, but it looks like we're going to set up the same way for most weeks. Yeah. Well, he's not even been in the last two squads, has he? Apart from Barnsley. No, that was the first time. It's a very positive sign for me that we're looking to approach most games in the same way because that means we're wanting to control games and we're wanting to attack. The thing is, the way we played yesterday, it's, it's suitable whether we're sitting back and trying to counter teams or whether we're trying to take control of the game as well. Yeah. Works both well, ways. Got players, players like Galli can do both. Yeah. So if Galli's playing, you can control the ball or you can get in behind. Mm. So, and same with players like Maguire, DJ. Mm. The only one who's more suited to playing like we did yesterday is Barkey. But with the, that's what I was saying like in summer, like with the attackers and midfielders we've got, we can we can control games and we can take teams on. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that was my laptop. Um, yeah, I feel like over the next few months I'm going to end up posting links out to your piece quite often um, and just reminding people that even though we do bitch about some things, we can be quite positive as well. What was that? Your piece about how this season is the chance of a lifetime. Oh, yeah. Um, Still early right. days. Still early days, but... It's yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, I was having a chat we're, we're with Dad last night. You are? I think we're about a quarter of the way through, aren't we? Yeah-ish. Maybe ish. like that, 46. Yeah. Um, I was having a chat with my dad last night, and... He was saying, like, what would your expectations be, like, minimum expectations for this season? Like, would it be playoffs or what? And I was like, well, ask me after Rovers, because we've got, after the international break, we've got some three tough games, I think. Even though Reading are down there, like, we went there last season and they, I wouldn't say they dismantled us, but... We weren't particularly good, and then Leeds well, and Reading. They, they took they took advantage of us at our weakest. I would say Reading. Um, ben Pearson played about forty minutes on one leg at Reading as well. Yeah, I remember. 
That Stockley actually scored that day. But, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Scored Did... right at the end. So, uh, Surely Maguire hit the bar. It just rebounded out to him. Uh, I've, I've so he stole the goal. The yeah. last three times we play Reading, I've been, and I'm going in two weeks, so we're probably going to lose again. Oh, great. Because we've lost every time we've seen us there. <laughs> Maybe but, stay away, mate. But we're playing Reading, and I think we've got Leeds, Blackburn, haven't we? Yeah, in a week. Saturday, yeah. Wednesday, Saturday, isn't it? I think I'll start getting more excited around Christmas. Yeah, I think if we can consolidate a sort of, like I said last week, a... Uh, so top eight, top ten sort yeah. of spot. Like I, I wouldn't um, attach a particular time to it, but I think I'll start to firmly think there's a place that we should finish when the pack starts to break up, if you know what I mean. Yeah, when things start to separate yeah. off a little like, bit. The, the, the top ten could stay quite tight until April, theoretically. Yeah. Or, or two groups could break away from each other at Christmas. And, you and know. the thing is, at Christmas as well, there's always a team that puts a run together. Villa last year, I think Huddersfield the season Fulham, they went Fulham up. Fulham the season before. That after Christmas, there's always a team that puts a run together and either comes close to sneaking into the playoffs or sneaks into the playoffs. And the last it, two seasons, it's been. Season. Do you reckon? Yeah. I think I think if we're not in the playoffs by then it'll be us, and if we are, it'll be QPR. Yeah, bastard uh, uh, you from here. You are. QPR are going downhill. Scored another four at the weekend. Yeah. I lambasted you, Dan, when you put them where you did in your prediction piece, but. Right I know. Lots, lots of people lambast me for a lot of things I say, Jake, but I end up being so, right a lot of the time. To be fair, I don't think you've been right a lot of the time while I've known you. <laughs> <laughs> but I could be eating humble pie. No, no, I do peddle quite a lot of nonsense, but I don't, I don't think the QPR one was uh, was one of the times. Well, we'll we'll wait and see. But yeah, I think we'll we can call that part one, boys. Yeah. In fairness, I did base the QPR prediction on literally nothing more than Hugo joining because <laughs> I wanted to make a point. But <laughs> hey, look, if that's how you do it, then do the lottery, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we'll call that we'll call that part one. Um, we'll go and get a brew, and I'll see you both in part two. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. In this part of the pod, we're going to talk um, DJ's 10 out of 10 performance in our book, uh, David Nugent making his first start in 12 years, and what realistically he can offer us this season. And we'll also talk a little bit about Tom Barkhazen as well. So I've put a really shit song reference in the notes that neither of you got. Um, oh, it's, so- uh, it's Limp Biscuit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll keep the actual song reference um, out of the pod. If anyone wants to know, just drop me a DM on Twitter. I'm <laughs> expecting to get a square root of fuck all from that. Um, but yeah, DJ was brilliant. Just I've just got a one word note for it, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's safe to say that's what he was yesterday. Yeah, showed off his season so far for me. 
He worked really hard. Uh, I think he should be given a medal of valor for scoring a header. <laughs> And, First uh, thing we said when he scored it, we were like, "Fucking hell, he's just scored a header." Yeah, it wasn't and, uh, a header though, was it? It's like a rebound header. From yeah, that. it was a loop yeah. header, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a good finish though, to be fair. But yeah. um, I really, I, I really liked his second goal and our third. It was, um, it was my pick of the goal. I mean, if Pearson hadn't scored, it would have been my pick. It would have been my pick of the goals. What, what yeah. was not to love about Pearson's goal? Yeah, so the, celebra- the celebration, the. Two yards out, and he smashed it in the back of the net. I tell you what, the commentary on the highlights was superb. <laughs> From where I sit on the town, it looked like DJ scuffed his second goal. It, it, it was a it was a bouncing ball. It was a difficult finish, but he, I mean, I thought the keeper could have saved it. But yeah. Top strikers would have been proud of that. Yeah, it's good. Good goal. Mm-hmm. Good. Oh, I thought it was. I, I, I love a Thierry Henry on the instep kind of finish. I mean, it was his left foot, so like obviously on the side, but still. Yeah, good galley assist as well. Mm. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry if you can hear any static or anything. Um, we've had a few technical issues, as they say. Um, My laptop is wank. Yeah, Ollie's laptop is wank. It's fifteen-year-old MacBook, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So if you can hear any static, just please try and bear with us. Uh, we'll try and talk over it. Um, but yeah, back to DJ. Yeah, he was just brilliant, uh, faultless yesterday. And I think who scored rated him a ten out of ten. So, or more importantly, from the Finney rated him a ten out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the most complete performance of the season for many players. Yeah. yeah. Superb. And he looks like he's enjoying it as well. That, he's, not always, he's not always looked like that. No, he hasn't. And I think that for me yesterday was the key one when. Um, don't know if it was Pearson or I think it was Pearson when was it Pe- uh, anyway one of the goals in the second half that uh, it was Pearson that he assisted wasn't it oh no that was Barky yeah, he yeah. assisted Barky sorry it was Barky's goal when he yeah, scored yeah. I noticed DJ sort of running off and just like he did, he did his own little, uh, himself, his didn't he? Yeah. which it's it's nice to see that from a yeah. player. Similar to um, Fisher's when he set Barkey up against Brentford. Yeah. You love to see it, don't you? You do. Absolutely do. But I think, um, I mean, I, I don't know how accurate this theory is, and you guys might think I'm peddling nonsense, but um, DJ seems to have stepped out of Callum Robinson's shadow a little bit this season. And I used to think that because they like grew up together, they had like a great partnership and they worked really well when they were in the same team and got the best out of each other. But since Robinson's gone, I mean, I'm not saying we're stronger without him, but I'm se- I certainly think because of the relationship they had, DJ is now sort of flourishing a little bit. I'm not, um, I'm not sure the reasons for that, but I, I can't help but think they're linked. I don't, I don't think there is anything in it, but I can see what you're saying. I think um, the fact that he's playing right right where he wants to play. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Play, playing at number 10 and not as a number 6 is probably good for him. But. Yeah, that's exactly it, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think if he was playing with Robinson now, then you'd see a lot more. I think, yeah. Play. I think if Robbo was here, he'd, he'd be... Oh, well, uh, I think we'd, most we'd, people we'd, know. We'd, we'd, we'd be top if Robbo was here right now. I'd like to think so. Mm. Definitely like to think so. Um, but yeah, I think there's not really much else we can say about 
No, I think he's just playing in his best position and he's enjoying it. Mm. We've, yeah. we've spoken about him numerous times on the pod uh, recently and uh, I just think, yeah, he, he was absolutely exceptional yesterday and long may it continue. The longer he plays like that, the more chance we have of getting anywhere near the Premier League. Yeah, I think he's got 11... He's got seven goals, four assists, I think, in 10 Yeah, games. 11. 11 goal contributions. Yeah, which is absolutely stupid. The, the nearest player to that in the league is Tom Kearney with five goals, three assists for Fulham. Mm. And Tom Kearney is one of the best players in the league. Yeah. yeah. And the only player that scored more goals than him is twenty-two million pound striker and dreadlock puller and Alexander yeah. Mitrovic. Yeah. Yeah. Just I don't think it's very sustainable. Like, how many penalties he scored? Five. Five penalties. Four. Because yeah. he's got he got two from open play yesterday and he got the one from open play against Stoke. Yeah. So he'll probably be aiming for like 15 goals. Mm, yeah, I'd say so. Wouldn't be surprised, yeah. And if you get that from anyone who's not a striker, then you've had a very good season. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, yeah, he's, he's in the form of his form of his career at championship level. Mm. Yeah, I think yesterday was probably the game of his career, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. The one thing I'd say is when Brown and DJ play, Brown's if, when when Brown plays deeper, he's nowhere near as effective. And then you could argue the same for DJ. So yeah, it's my, a conundrum, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit of a conundrum because obviously Brown's too good to not play most weeks. Mm. Played very well yesterday. At right. Yeah, he did. I thought he did well. But um, that just might be something to look out for in the coming months. Because I can't yeah. see Brown staying on the bench every week until the end of the season. No, definitely not. And I think the manager probably knows that. Yeah, so I just hope he continues to get the best out of DJ. Um, shall we move on to Jaden Stockley's 34-year-old nemesis? Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, obviously, from, again, a purely the child in me I was absolutely buzzing to see that he was starting yesterday yeah me too <laughs> um, talk about throwbacks but and it wasn't even Thursday anyway um, but I, I was I was genuinely gobsmacked um, from the get go as to what he offered and he definitely should have backed yeah Unex- unexpected to me to be honest I was I was sort of veering towards the uh, side that we've mentioned before that we've probably that we'd probably just signed a mascot but I mean he linked up almost I mean not perfectly obviously because he wasn't as effective as other players in the team but he, he looked like he was part of that front line all I'll say is uh, for anyone that's read the match preview I called that line up perfectly yesterday did you? I absolutely did. So, oh, yeah, of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> you should know that, Dan, because you've obviously read the preview, haven't you? Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only thing I'd say is like that that's the easiest game we'll probably play in all season. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. So, without a shadow of a doubt. But, I mean, I mean, you can only play what's put in front of you, can't you? And we yeah. absolutely, and, and we absolutely is... hammered the worst team we're going to play. And yeah. If we hadn't, there'd be cause for concern. But No, he, did, he linked it up. Probably better than Malt and Stockley after an all season, I'd say. 
Well, to be fair, Malt's only played two and a bit games. The thing is, Nugent might have lost a little bit of his pace, but he's got, I mean, a good, what, 10 years of Premier League experience now? So his, his movement's going to be invaluable at this level, I think. It's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But I, I, I seem to remember it was banded around a lot about John Terry when he was sort of in the twilight of his career that yeah. his legs had gone, but he was still a great player because of the way that he read the game yeah. and that he moved. And I think at this level, based off yesterday, and I could be jumping the gun quite a lot, but I think you can maybe say the same about Nuge. Yeah. I mean, centre-backs and strikers, you don't get two different players, but I would say so. But, but the point still stands, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, ter- Terry probably... like scoring to me. Ter- Terry's probably yeah. relied less on pace. In his career, well, yeah, it did. did <laughs> what did you say, Ollie? He just—he never looked like scoring to me yesterday. Well, I mean, apart from the Gilledge chance, he had. He never looked like scoring that. The Gilledge. No, but he should have done. Yeah, yeah, but he never looked like scoring it. And I think, and I think, I think he would have taken that if he was sharper. I don't know. I think if, he played if, the, he, if, he, if he'd started the last three or four games, that he'd, he'd have buried that. I mean, you can say he's. You can say he's 34 and a little bit past it, but he's still a professional footballer. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the sooner he scores, the better. Yeah. I think it's just a monkey that he probably needs to get off his back. Yeah. He's a solid penalty taker, actually. I'd probably let him take the next penalty when he's on the pitch. Although, while, while DJ's on a 100% record. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, overall, really, really pleased to see that he contributed so well yesterday uh, yeah. and hopefully well, it will continue I still hope we sign a striker in, in, in general oh yeah definitely yeah I mean other than other than a goalkeeper it's still probably my number two priority yeah I think uh, a left back a keeper and a striker not in that order but I think they're the three that we need yeah. I think as well as uh, the other standout performers uh could mention Tom Barcazen being back to his best technically and physically. Yeah. I mean, the one bit that really stood out as an example was uh, Pearson's goal, even though the defending from Barnsley was woeful. But um, it's the first time in a long, long time that I can remember him absolutely rinsing a defence for pace. Yeah. It wasn't just Pearson's goal that you could see oh, that. Yeah, that, 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 that was- that's definitely the main example, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not yeah. saying it's not. That's the but... first time. Do you remember yeah. the Brighton game at home? No, the Reading game. Yeah, it, yeah, it reminded me of the Reading game that he set up Horgan for. Was well, it Reading? Yeah, he, he broke from a corner, nutmeg somebody, and then just absolutely yeah. flipped. That's the first time I can remember him doing that in about two, three years. Yeah. Um, when he's got space in front of him. And the, the pass to Pearson was actually quite a good pass. It was yeah, actually it was. probably harder than it looked. He was off balance as well. He was just starting yeah. to tire. Off but balance it, and he was Pearson, falling as well. He was. He was. Pearson's pace to keep up was unbelievable as well. I, I, think, I, I, think I, I didn't, didn't realise it was Pearson better. until he'd scored Pearson and was celebrating in front of the crowd like that. Yeah. I, I, just, I just saw a player there and I was like, fucking get him, we've scored. And then I was like, oh, it was Pearson. The scenes on the town and when that went in were class. Yeah. Like, I can't remember as good scenes on the town. It fell down the stairs and that. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, he, was, he had a good shot for the first goal, which he got on target. DJ headed it in. Yeah. Obviously, he took his goal very well. 
actually a really nice finish. I think um, I, I think I've mentioned it before, but I think he's one of, if not our best, one-on-one finisher. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets into the situation. Yeah. You certainly had a Maguire after yesterday. Yeah. I don't think he did much wrong in you know, Maguire then. Nah, I'm, I'm jesting. Do I? It came at him very quickly. Yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm jesting with that. I think he's, he's unfortunate. Finish. The only thing with Barkey is he never... He always waits till he gets to a perfect position to shoot. He never really tries his luck. Yeah. Probably should do a bit more. But once he's in them like one-on-ones yesterday, he finished it well. Like Bolton away two years ago, was it? Yeah, Robinson played him in. Yeah, Robinson played the ball from deep and he yeah. tucked it into the far bottom corner. It's that those kind of situations, I mean. He's such a good finisher. Mm. He never looked like missing that one yesterday. No. Nah. Um, nice playing well. He's, he's always been the key to how we play anyway. With me. Yeah. yeah. When, well, Bowden, when Bowden was starting the season, he was on the left. Or he wasn't playing. But I think he's firmly got his place back now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Talk to Bowden to crawl his way back in. I think it's because it's because he's that perfect mixture of quick, even when he's not at his fittest, and genuinely really technically gifted. And he, he does the dirty work though as well, which you get all these knobheads on Facebook going, "Oh, Tom Barkay's and shit. I wouldn't have him anywhere near my starting eleven. And they they literally just look at him as a winger with pace and think, "Well, he doesn't take a man on, or he doesn't." Blast past a player with his pace, therefore he's rubbish. Yeah. Well, he used to be a he used to be a fullback back in the day as well, didn't he? So he's 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 not afraid to track back. Yeah, he used to play there for Did more. Did not know that. I think technically, it does, he's probably one of our weakest attackers. Yeah, with the ball at his feet. Yeah, but most of his work's off the ball, isn't it? Mm. Which goes unnoticed. But technically, I'm not. I do think he has his limitations, which is probably why. Yeah, he's not like Bin. someone like Billy Bowden or Yeah, probably why Bowden was preferred to him when he was fit. He's 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 not um he's not gonna get a get around a guy with much more than pace, is he? But even just see like his passing's a bit sloppy and technically, but mm-hmm. I he's he's I, I really rate that. Yeah, no, I love him. He's one of my favourite players at the club. I think we'll get into double figures or thereabouts from again. Similar. Yeah, he's another seven to twelve. Chances of a South Africa call up yesterday. Yeah, that's a weird one because that that cropped up a couple of years ago and then it went away and then it yeah. cropped up last week because their manager got sacked, didn't he? The one that was initially interested in him. Well, he's not in a squad for next week, so it's I don't know what's happening. But I selfishly, I obviously. Travel to Africa every couple of months. Yeah, it'd be a nightmare that. Yeah, but especially if we lost him for most of January. Also, it's unbelievable that DJ isn't in the Jamaica squad for next week as well. Considering how bad their squad is. I don't know what else he has to do. I don't know what else he has to do to get in that squad. He's only had one call up, I think, hasn't he? Yeah, but he couldn't go because of the flights. Oh yeah. They had like an admin issue and he couldn't go. So I don't know if that's not been not, not been sorted out or what, but scandal. He's got a couple of weeks off, which is good for us. Absolute scandal. Um, yeah, I think we'll we'll end it there, boys. Yeah, so thanks very much for listening to episode seventeen of the From the Finney podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it, despite the sound issues. 
we are pretty much available on all podcast platforms now i think uh and we're on social media as well just search for from the finney and you should find us uh check out the website we're hopefully going to be ramping up our content output on there especially now that the season's in full flow and thank you very much to you two boys um yeah we'll be back after the international break uh unless something dramatic happens in the next two weeks but i can't imagine that and we also have the chris cedric episode of the from the finney meets podcast series releasing later this week as well so stay tuned for that it's a good one uh yeah cheers boys thank you for having me Jake. Brilliant. good to do good bloody do Brilliant.